Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Felt the presence of God during worship. I had a couple words from the Holy Spirit. Uh, Zeus and Mel. Zeus and Mel. I remember having lunch with you guys at Bandits, right? It was Bandits, yeah. And I remember during that lunch, the Holy Spirit just whispering to me that you two, God had marked you guys. And Zeus, hearing you at Pathfinders night and then hearing you today, I'm telling you what God wants to tell you is, son, I am so pleased with what you've been listening to. And that it's not it's not a, a passing thing. You are marked, you, get, you two are marked to be wealth creators and help other people create wealth. But the verse I want you guys to tattoo on your heart, if you like tattoos, go ahead and get a tattoo of it. <laughs> Zeus is like, yeah, let's go. But Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. And what I wanna release over you is that yes, you will walk in blessing, but you will find as God teaches you to continue to seek his kingdom and the blessing that comes, that comes down upon you, you too, you will learn also the art of impartation, imparting that on other people. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy, do not let anyone look down because you are young, but set an example in speech, in life, in love, and in purity. And Zeus, as you pursue those things, that your speech begins to be kingdom and, and purity, and Mel, you as well, because you're a brilliant strategist. You're a brilliant strategist. And why God has anointed you too is because the Bible says, where there's unity, he commands a blessing. There's not a lot of couples that'll do a company together. Don't let the enemy convince you, oh, why did we do this? Why are we working together? It interferes. No, no, no. God has anointed you two together to do this thing. And watch what he is going to do. God, I release more on these two. I release that Matthew 6, 33 anointing that you, uh, as they seek the kingdom, all those things will be added. The dreams in their hearts the impartation on others, and you're gonna find that you love helping other people create wealth for the kingdom as much as you love creating it yourself. So God, I just release on them a fresh anointing, a fresh revelation, and God's gonna mark this, this word that you shared, Zeus, he's gonna mark it. You're gonna see a uptick, you're gonna see an increase, and he wants you to know that that is to like a breadcrumb saying, keep going after this, keep going after this, because it's your destiny and purpose in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Come on. And the beautiful Hatch family, Kurt and Erica. I was just looking out during worship and I saw a picture and it was this massive gift wrap present. And it was like coming down and it just landed on you too. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying that he's so proud of you too. This, this 2023 has been a year of, of going further with him, of stepping out, of giving him more areas of your guys' life. And I don't know what the gift is, but I know it's gonna speak directly to your heart. And so I just wanna impart that you're gonna see God's goodness, his goodness coming down in your world 
like never before. And he just wants it to be a reminder, not that you've earned it, but that he loves you and that he wants you blessed and he values you and you have so much to give. I see just a huge heart between you two. You have a heart for people. Kurt, you have a huge heart for people. And, and that heart has actually cost you at times because you actually have felt like, man, it, when, when, when someone doesn't do the right thing or, or crosses, it, it stings you especially well. And the devil's trying to get you to shut down your heart and numb your heart. But God would say, don't numb your heart, son. I made you with a big heart and I'll give you the capacity to love people through a thing. You're gonna see that men are gonna begin to gravitate towards you as you just do in the quiet place, in your own time. You get your own breakthrough. You won't be able to explain it, but the right people that need what you have, as you open your heart up more, God's gonna bring people that that heart's gonna pour down on. So God, I just declare blessing over the Hatch family and that the presents are open in Jesus' name. It's Christmas in May for you too. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, one more. And then I got a word for everyone. But um, Grant, both of you too, actually. You guys are just amazing. I love you guys. But Grant, um, this will be, you can hold them to this word. Grant, I saw you wake up and you look like you were in a farmstead. Like it was like kind of like a, a farmhouse. And you woke up and you went in, you walked out of the house and you went into what looked like a shack, but I saw in there that it was a, um, what's it? They work with iron, a blacksmith. It was a blacksmith shed. And at first I felt like, oh yeah, he's the blacksmith. He's shaping something. But then I saw you go and you laid down on the anvil yourself. And God began to hammer some things. And listen, when God's doing hammering, it's because he's fastening a weapon that he's shaping you but the hammering can hurt. And I just hear the Holy Spirit to say that this season is not for waste, not for lack, but there's an intentionality because although you, you outward appearance, you already look like a weapon. He's matching the inward man and he's fastening a weapon that's gonna fight for generational legacy. You're gonna break the curses that are trying to come down the family lines. Don't get out of that shed until God's done. Don't fear the flame because the only thing it's doing is like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's burning the ropes off and your heavenly father is with you. He's the one wielding the hammer. So trust him, trust him. And God knows the character. Do not be afraid of humility, but know that in that, God is fastening a mighty weapon for your family, for your legacy, and for your destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Finally, I felt a word when we were singing that last song. That song's called The Blessing. The song's called The Blessing. And I felt like God wanted the church to hear this. You know why he blesses you? The Christian answer, blessed to be a blessing. Of course, that's, that's a byproduct. But you know why he wants to bless you? Because you're his. Because you're his. You say, well, I haven't felt blessed, Pastor. I haven't felt blessed this year. I haven't felt blessed this last week, this last month. I love what Zeus said in his message. There's a difference between hearing what I'm saying and listening to what I'm saying. You can dismiss it. You can dismiss this word, but I'm telling you, God wants to bless you just because he's a good daddy. 
just because he's a good parent, just because he's, moms know this. Do you bless your kids only because you want them to then be a blessing? No, you bless your kids because they're your kids and you love them. And even though they can be annoying and even though on Mother's Day, they will ask you why there's no kids day and you want to say every day is a kids day. Our kids said the same thing, Pastor Amy. Our kid, and, and Asher with very passionate objection said, this is not fair, this is unjust. Sometimes you want to slap them, but you love them. Listen, God is the great parent, the great father. He loves you. Do not let the enemy tell you that your circumstance defines how much he cares about you. Instead, listen to what I'm saying. Be open for God's blessing. Let me pray over you. If you want to receive God's blessing, if you're ready to see a double dose of his goodness in your life, put your hand in the air. I'm going to pray for you. God, we thank you that you bless, not just so we can be a blessing. That's the byproduct of a filled heart. But you bless because you love your children. God, we rebuke and cancel bad theology, bad teaching that says our Heavenly Father doesn't want to love us just because He loves us. And God, we receive, we remove any blockage that will block us from your goodness. Stinking thinking that disqualifies the blessing. And we declare that we will be marked by the goodness of God because the Bible says it gives you great pleasure to bless your children. And people will recognize that person washing under the blessing of heaven. And I want what they have. And they'll fill the house of God in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Amen. Woo. To preach before the preach. Come on, give somebody a high five as you take your seat. Find a mom, say happy Mother's Day. And just tell somebody how good they look in their Sunday best. Come on. It's going to be a good day in the house of God. Worship team, you guys are amazing. Can we give it up for our worship team? What a set this morning. What a set. I want to start off this message with what I would dub my wife's favorite verse in the Bible. And I love it because I love it because the Bible, you know, the Bible likes to remind us of the simplicity of life and the reality of life. And there's, there's just such good nuggets. Sometimes the Bible even will allow a little bit of sarcasm to just get you out of the mundane and the normal. That's why having a set time to be with God, he reprioritizes your life. So I'm gonna read this verse in Ecclesiastes written by the wisest man on earth. So, you know, you can argue with its points, but you're gonna have to argue with the wisest man on earth. That's up to you. And it made it to the Bible, so God wanted it to be there. So check this out. Ephesians 9, 7 through 10. Seize life. Eat bread. Come on, carbs. We love you. Eat bread with gusto. Drink wine with a robust heart. Oh, yes. God takes pleasure in your pleasure. So when I was just praying that you would be blessed because God loves you, and you're like, where's that in the Bible? There you go. There's one time. It's many times in there, but there it is. Take pleasure. God takes pleasure in your pleasure. Now, this one's important, especially on Mother's Day. Dress festively every morning. Don't skimp on colors and scarves. My wife loves that verse. Okay, scarves. Relish life with the spouse you love. Amen. Come on, if you're a married person, make sure you relish life today. Uh, each and every day of your 
precarious life. There's the funny part. Each day is God's gift. It's all you get in exchange for the hard work of staying alive. Come on, amen. If you have kids, you know keeping humans alive isn't always easy, okay? My poor wife, she's got to keep me alive too. So we'll get more into that, but thank goodness for her wisdom. Make the most of each one. Whatever turns up, grab it and do it and heartily. This is your last and only chance at it, for there's neither work to do nor thoughts to think. Just like the sarcasm. What's that Bible verse mean from the wisest man on earth? It means stop, pause, and enjoy life. Today's the day to stop, pause, moms, and enjoy life. Just take a break for a minute and let, you know, let us take you out to lunch. Let us do something nice for you. Let us pick up the house. Guys are already mad at me right now, but come on, guys. Let's step up. Let's relish life today together. Relish life today and together. And dress nice. Anybody have to get their kids dressed extra special for Mother's Day? That was just me. Today was the easiest. We always have a fight because my boys always want to wear basketball shorts and t-shirts. They get that from their daddy. And uh, we always say, no, you got to wear church clothes. But today was the easiest fight I've had. I'm not going to say it wasn't a fight, but it was the easiest Sunday because I was able to leverage it's Mother's Day. And you know how your mom feels about you dressing nice. So get those dress shirts on. And it works. So thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So in honor of Mother's Day, I want to I hit this topic of health. And health, God has set up from the very beginning a system. And any good operation, household, church, Anything, when it has the voice of both a mama and a papa, it creates health. It creates health. The home, when it has the voice of a mama and a papa, it creates health. I also want to take a second to honor some pe- the moms in here that you're a spiritual mom, that you've stepped in with somebody who didn't have a mom, or you've stepped in with somebody who maybe had a mom, but now they're in church and they need some spiritual mother love. I want to thank every single mom that has done this in here. There are spiritual moms in this house. Some of us, we owe a lot of our walk with Jesus to spiritual moms. So we honor you today as well. Why? Because we need that voice. We need that voice. And you'll see that the devil's work is he tries to get men and women divided. He tries to take out either voice. Religion often quenches the voice of the woman. It tries to shut it down because there's love, there's care, there's, a, there, there's things in there that it doesn't like. You also find on the other end of the spectrum, you can find new age where all of a sudden we are worshiping women. And God's like, no, no, no. I made men and women to co-reign together, to lead together, to be helpmates. And both voices matter in a healthy home and organization. That's why Awaken Church is healthy. Why are we healthy? Because we don't silence the powerhouse wisdom of the women in our house. We interject. You are getting often when you receive anything from me, you are not just hearing from me, you're hearing from my beautiful bride because I I interact with her. I use her wisdom very frequently. She's masterful at loving people and leading people. And so that wisdom together is powerful. It's powerful. That's why we have healthy connect groups and we have healthy events. We have a healthy church because you're getting both voices interjected in that. And so the title of my message today is Mother's Reward. 
Mother's reward. Now, I'm not a mom, so I'm not going to speak to what your reward for being a mom is, but I want to talk about the reward for having moms in our life, what you'll see manifest. And there could be more points, but already I'm pushing my limits on what I can preach in in 30 minutes. So I'm going to just hit these main ones, but you will see these things rewarded to you when you are allowing the voice and the wisdom of the moms and the beautiful women and our wives in our world, right? Come on, amen. And that also implies, that applies for you if you're a mom. You still most likely have a mom or have mother figures. You never shut it down. You don't become a mom and then not also receive that wisdom. And so there's a reward for this for for the voice of the mom in the house. And number one, I've seen over and over, and by the way, almost every one of these points, actually every one of these points, you can find in Psalms 31. Psalms 31 is where Proverbs, once again, wisest man on earth, outlays the attributes of a godly woman. And so one of the, and one of the first things I have found in my life, and I'm thankful for a church that operates in this, is you will find wisdom is a reward for having that mother's voice in your life, okay? Wisdom is a reward. What is wisdom? Because it gets confused. People think wisdom is just being smart or IQ or book smart. But how many people know smart people that do dumb things, right? I know people that are brilliant but make dumb choices because wisdom is different. Wisdom is the right use or exercise of knowledge. It's not just knowing, but then it's how you implement it. And the biblical definition of that is it is the knowledge and use of what is best, most just, most proper, most conducive conducive to prosperity and happiness. Wisdom, and the Bible says that in uh, Proverbs 16, 16, that it's more valuable than gold. It says that we should be praying for wisdom on the daily. I don't know about you, but whenever I take the driver's seat of my life, it doesn't take very long till I realize I am lost and Siri is just recalculating, recalculating, recalculating because <laughs> we are off the beaten path and I need the wisdom of the Lord and I need the wisdom of the people, especially my beautiful bride, that help me not just survive, but thrive. It's the implementation. And so you will find that wisdom uh, will be a reward for that mother's voice. Proverbs 31, 26 says this, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She opens her mouth with wisdom. Can I encourage you today? Open your heart to receive wisdom. Open your heart to receive wisdom. Oftentimes, wisdom might come at a conflict with our personal preconceived idea of ourselves, or could challenge maybe our masculinity. But if, you're, if you have an already posture that you're welcoming wisdom, trust me, life gets a lot more fun and a lot more simple because the Holy Spirit will give you the voices and people that carry wisdom. So welcome wisdom from your spouse. Pray for wisdom. I mean, I, could, I asked my wife, I said, hey, babe, can you think of a time or a story where I had a bad idea and you had a good idea and there was wisdom and, and I didn't do what you said and something bad went? And she laughed. She said, there's too many. It's hard to focus on one. And I was like, touche, fair enough, fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. But she did remind me of when I was really strong on, uh, when I 
when we first moved to San Diego, I went ahead for work by about a month. And on my way to actually drive up there, our, her old car that we had from when she was in college broke down on the grapevine. And if you know what that is, it's like a mountain range to get to LA. And so, you know, we, we tow the car back and I get this brilliant, like it had to be, it was a download from heaven. I was sure of it. I'm like, you know, we're moving to a big city called San Diego. We live in a little farm town called Oakdale. I need to be agile, mobile, move around. I should get a motorcycle. That's what I should do. We've got one car and I'll get a motorcycle. So I bring this brilliance to my wife and she wisely says, that's probably not a great idea. You're going to hurt yourself. And what did I do? I ignored her wisdom and I bought a motorcycle, a very fast ninja. Okay. And a couple weeks, it didn't take more than a couple weeks. A couple weeks after that, I'm driving through downtown San Diego, trying to find an apartment for us to live at. And I've been hopping to apartments and I'm just zigging through traffic. I'm like, oh, such a good idea. I'm brilliant. Told her she, she should know to trust me. And, and, and as I'm being so prideful and boisterous about my great decision, I turn down a road and, and all of a sudden there's no traffic on the road. I'm like, look at this. Look at the blessing I'm walking under because of my great decisions. And then I start to realize, my like, wait, this doesn't make sense. This is downtown San Diego at night on Thursday. There should be more cars. There were cars on every street. And I realized I'm not on a street. I'm on the trolley, the trolley line. And so I begin to think, okay, I need to get off here. And as I'm thinking that, I look ahead and about maybe 10 yards, I'm going full speed on the motorcycle. I see a pothole from hell caused by that tro those trolley wheels. I'm talking, and that's a proper use of the words, because if you look down, you could actually see the flames, okay? It was that deep. It was, it was the deepest pothole that has ever been seen. The Dead Sea would be challenged by this pothole. And as I have the time to realize there's a pothole, I also have the time to realize I'm not going to do anything but hit that pothole. And so I slam into the pothole, and my front wheel digs in, and I get catapulted into the sky as my motorcycle's flipping behind me. And while in midair, I thought, dang, I should have listened to my wife. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I survived, the bike did not, okay? And, uh, and that's the last and probably only motorcycle I will own. Amen. Somebody informed me after that, that driving a motorcycle is just preparing for your next crash. Anyways, I know there's some riders in here. Props to you, wear a helmet. Um, but wisdom, come back, Holy Spirit. Wisdom, listening to my wife. Uh, can I help you with wisdom too? Really have good conversations and know the people that have wisdom in certain areas in your world. I know my wife is brilliant at kind but clear communication. So when I send a text message, it often will be a paragraph of encouragement and how much I believe in you and no answer to your question. You'll be like, so yes or no, right? And my beautiful wife has wisdom. She's like, hey, you're not actually answering the question. She has wisdom in so many areas of her life. But I've had to actually acknowledge that in this area, she seems to carry more wisdom. And that, 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 you gotta swallow that pill sometimes. Part of it being, you, hum, humility is the beginning of God being able to take you somewhere. You have to be able to say, I'm not the best at everything. I don't know everything. And I would like to be receptive to that wisdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. Your mom started that. She gave you wisdom. Like, don't run with scissors. Don't punch your brother. You know, don't climb on the roof and use a plastic bag as a parachute. Like, wisdom like that keep you alive. But that wisdom should have never ended. Yeah. Never ended. Some of you, you might need to call your mom today and just ask her for her wisdom, okay? So pray for it. 
identify the areas where you're strong and where you're weak and be open to critique in those areas and be open for conversation. That's point number one. Point number two, mother's reward. You will see kindness function in its right form. Kindness. So many times, so many times, my wife will help me identify the right level of delivering that truth with care, with kindness. And, and in a world right now where the world is very confused on what is moral truth, what is biblical truth, what's absolutes, kindness is taking a bad rap because the world will tell you kindness is you don't tell, say the truth to anyone anymore. That's not kindness. That's actually cruelty. If somebody's doing something that God has not only said, but clearly there's fruit that is destructive to their life, and because you don't want to hurt their feelings, even though you're a friend who actually might be able to speak to them, you think, well, I just need to be kind. Kindness is not silence. Kindness is the truth in the right application using wisdom when to deliver truth in a kind way in a kind way, because you can actually win the argument and lose the war over a person based off of the level of kindness you use, right? Anyone who's married more than like two days knows this, because how many people have had a fight that started with a topic, but ended with how you behaved? Anyone? Am I the only man? Thank you, Rich, for your honesty, right? (laughs) Like, and by the way, men, just Get your ribs ready, whatever side your wife's on. You may get a couple rib checks on this message, but it's good for you. It's probably wisdom. Feel the rib checks. Feel the elbows. Feel the squeeze on your knee, okay? Um, where was I at? Oh, the, the fight has shifted from the topic or the rational thing to the kindness level, the behavior, but that's important. It's important to harness that. I know a lot of people that know the Bible really well through and through and beat the heck out of people with it and they've never once actually exacted any transformative action in, that per- in people's lives. They think because they said the thing, it was done, but there's no, it's not delivered with the, see, God is truth and mercy. There's a kindness to it and that val- that's so valuable. It's so p- valuable when you're helping someone. You know, most, after being a pastor a long time, I have found that a lot of what helps people is just to feel a little bit understood, to not be judged on what their motive or or, or reason was, but just to hear. And then from that place of not judging and being just somebody who says, look, I might not understand your specific issue, but I understand having issues right? Every Christian should be able to say, I might not relate to your issue, but I should be able to relate to having an issue, right? Right? Amen. And if you can't relate to that, then I want to argue that you have not done the deep work of inner healing yet because we all, Romans says eight, Romans says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all got a little bit of ish. And so kindness done well is beautiful. Proverbs 31, once again, talking about a godly woman, says she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. And then Proverbs 1, 8 through 9 says this, my son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. What was the law in the other verse? The law of kindness. How many people had moms that made you be kind? Anyone? Okay, yeah, my mom enforced that. That was like ironclad in our house. Here was our punishment if I fought with my little sister. My brother was a little younger, didn't fight a whole lot with him, but if I fought with my little sister, we're both strong 
strong opinionated people, she would sit us down on a couch and she'd say, first year, and we'd be looking at each other. She'd set a timer for two minutes. She'd say, no one talks for two minutes. Then when the 10 minutes up, she said, now you guys are gonna talk about this fight and work it out kindly. And the second one of us, well, you're blah, 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 you did it, start being unkind. Boom, shut it down again, two minutes on the timer. I can remember a time where this almost went on. It felt like an hour, it's probably 30 minutes. But when you're like five, you're like, this is forever. This is eternity. This is actually a substantial portion fractionally of my life, <laughs> half an hour, okay? <laughs> I can measure that in, in portions. And, but, and I would just, eventually, you know, if I was honest, I just decided to be kind because I was annoyed with being on the couch, right? But, it, but that, that followed me. That was ingrained in me. And I'm telling you, I've, re, I've received promotions at work. I've won people over. I've been elevated a leader. And part of that is because somebody taught me to be kind, if you weren't taught to be kind, guess what? We got a lot of kind, brilliant people in our connect leaders, in our team leaders. So get around. That's why one of the reasons why we love being on team. Because if you're not kind, we're gonna, you're gonna, it's gonna become evident, and we're gonna help you walk through that. It can be, it can be learned. Okay. Listen to your mom. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's how you start. The first way to start a kindness is the two-minute rule: just don't talk for a little bit. And then think about it. Anyways, that'll help you right there. Be kind. Can I, I'm gonna give you two little practical things. I've learned this wisdom from Pastor Leanne and my, and my beautiful bride. Uh, one, kindness. Avoid inferring motivation or the reason for their emotion. Where people get, now let me break that down for you. You wanna learn to be kind. Don't assume people's motivation when you bring something up. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because I could say, hey, when you, you know, yelled at me for not taking out the crash or the trash, yelled at me for not taking out the trash, that made me feel little. That made me feel, that, that hurt my feelings. I could say that, and that's just a true statement I've noticed in my field. But I could say, you yelled at me for not taking out the trash because you are beep, blop, beep, bloop. I've, I've now put a motivation. Well, you, you just don't want to, you, you make me do all the housework, whatever. I could put a motivation. When I put a motivation, I have shifted the argument from uh, trying to bring better connection between us two and, and being to now I've inferred motivation. So you want to be kind when you have to bring up something. Let me give you a really simple example. If Pastor Alex had spinach in his teeth and we were at dinner and there's a big group of people and a big old honking, I mean, he took the whole salad and shoved it up there, right? <laughs> Not, kindness is not ignoring that because he's my friend and he's a good talker and I want people to listen to what he's saying and not look at the thing in his tooth. So kindness be, Alex, you got something in your tooth. Quietly takes care of it. Now, what if I inferred, Alex, you're such a slob when you eat <laughs> and because of your slobbiness, you now have a salad in your tooth. I've inferred a reason, a motivation, a, I've, I've put something extra in there and what meant to be kind, now he's offended, yeah. right? So learn, if you can learn to do this in your marriage, I'm telling you, kindness goes a long way in your marriage. All right, cool. That's a good one. You're welcome. You're welcome. Number three, you're gonna find when the voice of the mother is in the house, is in the church, is that you're gonna find intuition comes into play. Intuition. Come on, anybody got a wife that has good intuition? Anybody here? My, my wife has amazing intuition. It's actually annoying intuition. 
And here's why it's annoying, because she'll know things before there's any evidence of it, and then I don't really have any way to go. I just have to know that this thing is coming, but I don't know when or where or how, but I've learned over time that that intuition is pretty trustworthy. It has a really high track record. I remember in one of our businesses, twice, twice, we would leave the business from it and she'd get in the car and said, you're gonna need to fire the manager. And I'm like, we don't even have a write-up on them. They're crushing it right now. What are you talking about? She's like, I'm just telling you, they're not the right fit and their spirit's not in the right place. And as a business owner, you know, you have things like HR policies and like, so like, so what do I do with this? Like, I, I actually believe and see, I, I've seen enough proof and sure enough, within three months, both times that she said that, I was sitting there letting go of that manager because of that intuition. And so, and I love it. I've learned to love it and appreciate it because I stopped being a man that had to do something every time she said something. I would just listen and go, okay, I'm gonna write that down and I'm gonna keep that in my heart. Yeah, we found out that the manager was stealing money. This wasn't like a personal thing, but she knew that three months before we had any proof of that. And so, yes, babe, I, she was right. And she's off, you know, it's rare to me when she's not right on her intuition. Um, and you'll see this, you see in the Bible, in the story of Pontius Pilate's wife in Matthew 27, 19, she sends a message to Pontius Pilate while he is judging Jesus. He says, don't mess with that guy. He's an innocent man. You'll see it in Proverbs 31. And it says in Proverbs 31, 27, she, wa- or no, sorry. Uh, she rises while it is yet night. And I was just reading that scripture and the Holy Spirit whispered to me a, a while back. He said, that's your wife's intuition. While it's still dark, she begins to see things. And if you shut her down because you don't have you know, rational proof or evidence, you miss my foresight. You miss the ability to see what no one else has seen yet. And so I wanna encourage you, men, don't just shut down your wife's, you know, God gave you a wife that also has great intuition about you. And those are the intuitions we don't like to hear. Come on, when your wife brings up, hey, Feel like there's something going on inside. Feel like you've been a little short. I feel like you're disconnected. I feel like you're stressed out. You know, the, the simple thing is a man go, you know, and then walk away. And I, that's it. That's literally the answer. There's no words, just, and then you go in the garage and you fix something. But then the, the Holy Spirit will whisper to me. They team up on me all the time. Okay, God's given you... That way, and moms are like that too. Anyone ever have their mom just randomly call them out of the blue? I'm worried about you about this, you know? My mom does that too. And, and I've learned to trust that God has tuned that mother's heart to, to really sense the surrounding of those that she loves and be able to sense that. When my wife has intuition about our kids, like, I wanna jump on that. When she has intuition about me, instead of shutting it off, I pause for a minute try to. I don't always do this. You can get fact-checked from my beautiful bride on how well I do at this, but that intuition is important. Here's what I'll tell you to do with that. A simple thing will help you in, in your life is when that intuition comes, take it to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I don't know why my mom called and said that. I don't know why my wife sees that, but will you bring your light? Will you bring your light? Because she's seen something in part. She's seen in the darkness. But will you bring your light on that thing? And I'm telling you, it'll be the making of you. It'll be the making of you if you'll trust that. 
Number four of the reward for having the mother's voice is there'll be care. Care. Just genuine care. In Isaiah, when the Bible is, when God's trying to explain to his people how much he loves them, here's how he explains it. As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. Proverbs 31, 27, she watches over the ways of her household. It's not just care about other people, it's also self-care. I'm so thankful for my wife who, who actually notices how healthy our family is and says, we need to put the phones down. We need to, we need to go on a vacation. We need a break. And sometimes when I'm in manager Matt mode, we call it, I, or sometimes we call me Methodist Matt, whatever it is, I'm just, <laughs> I'm all about task. I got one of those today. I'm all about task. And she'll say, hey, you need to stop and you need to care. You need to care. You need to look your son in the eye when he shows you that drawing and not just passively, cool, bud, but the care. The care. You see it in our church that, you know, if you're ever going through a crisis and you go through our pastoral care, is that there'll be genuine care for you because we've made room for that voice. Come on, how many had moms that said the word, be careful? Careful. The word actually means full of care. Care full. If you care about yourself and your family and your, your body, all these things, that care comes into play. Yeah, that's good. That's good, Matt. Full of caring. <laughs> Listen, good care opens up the opportunity for breakthrough. A lot of times we're missing breakthrough not because we're not working hard enough, but because we're just scrambling doing all this stuff. And good care can shift that. Sometimes God, I've seen this often, it's called the, um, the halo effect. We feel like all these fires are going on, but God in his care will put his finger on one thing in our life. And if you'll let that one thing come under his lordship and begin to work that out with him, you'll see the ripple effect, like a pond. When you drop a pebble in a pond, it'll ripple and the other fires seem to get put out. And I'm telling you, the person more often than ever in my life that identifies where the ripple is, is my beautiful wife, the mom of my children. And also my mom is really intuitive too. And so I just can't get away from it. Next one, two more here. When that mother's voices in the church, things will begin to get beautiful. Beauty. When me and my wife first got married, I was, I was like a bit of a, I, you would identify me probably as like a jock in high school and college. And so I had a very extensive collection of cut off t-shirts from football and all the other sports I played and inevitably you wear them for a while and then you cut the t-shirts off. So I probably had 30 or 40 great sports cut off t-shirts and about 15, 16 pairs of basketball shorts. And that was the preferred method of just surviving for me any day of the week, right? And I noticed that gradually, it was very slow, it was very meticulous, but gradually my cut off t-shirts were dwindling away. I just couldn't find them anymore. And collared shirts were appearing, hung up, and nice jeans. And, and, and finally, one day, I became 
noticeable enough that my cut and I'm like, babe, where are my cutoff shirts? And she's like, oh, those old things I've been throwing away gradually. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I look good today, and that's because of her. I'm not preaching in basketball shorts, but that's because of her. But you know that that helping me present myself better, making things beautiful, that has benefits. The Bible says that God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outside appearance. So just a freebie for the husband. Husband, when your wife says, please don't wear the cargo shorts again, or, you know, like put a tie on, dress, just go with it. She's not trying to hurt you. She's trying to help you. Everything in my house, I'm so proud of my house. I love my house. My house is a sanctuary. I crave to be at my house, which I'm not usually like that. But because my wife has made my house beautiful and I feel peace in that house. So beauty is a beautiful thing. And I, you know, I didn't put value on this when we first got married. And it's one of my biggest regrets I've had to apologize to my wife for. She made everything beautiful. She was beautiful. She dressed beautiful. And I just... I'm like, you do you, but I never, I never put value on it. I never really spoke life into it at the beginning of our marriage. I didn't say, babe, oh, I love how you take that time, even though we're 15 minutes. I love how you take time to look pretty every time we go somewhere. I would just be the guy that complained that we're late and not appreciate. So appreciate beauty. God looked down at the first bachelor pad with Adam and said, okay, we, this is not good. It's not good that man's alone. We gave him a beautiful garden and it looks like a trash heap. So we're going to bring in the woman. All right. Last one. And we're going to land the plane here. Hospitality. There are more, but I'm telling you, hospitality. Hospitality is making people not just, not just saying, come on in. What are you doing? Okay, come in. But it's making people feel appreciated, valued, loved and seen. You know, my wife's first job was a barista in the little town we grew up called Oakdale, California. And still to this day, we'll be driving through town and she'll look at a person and she'll be like, she'll yell out their coffee order. I'm like, that was a long time ago. But her brain is wired hospital. If that person came to our house, she would know what kind of coffee drink to make them. She knows for the guest speakers, she knows what they like in their, what they like to eat. She knows their diet. And it's from just catching on to it. It wasn't like she does special orders. She, she carries this hospitality. And hospitality is so important. In fact, when Paul was writing to Timothy about leadership in the church, and he said, hey, here's what we need here. Uh, in Timothy 5.10, he says, as is well known for her good deeds, such as bringing children, bringing up strong children, showing hospitality. It was one of the prerequisites for leadership that Paul had. We want to learn, learn to be hospitable. You know, when, when the napkins are folded in little swans, I know it's like extra, but, but it tells somebody, hey, we thought about you coming. So hospitality is so important. We're gonna land the plane here. And I just wanna transition from that hospitality. One of the reasons that you'll find that in Awaken, in this house, that people's life gets transformed is because we're a hospitable church. But why are we a hospitable church? We're hospitable because God, Jesus, opened that door of hospitality it was the greatest act of hospitality that's ever been done. 
because our sin, our brokenness, our, our failure disqualifies. It disqualifies us from the purity and the goodness of God. And so what did God do? He saw us, he knew us, and he sent his only son to die and pay the price, to open up the, the doors of heaven, to open up the kingdom of God and say, come on in. I see you, I know you, and I value you. And he's, he, that's the invitation. That's the invitation. Some of you, if you were honest, you kind of, you came into church today and you're like, I kind of need just a hug from my mom. I wish I could have a hug from my mom. It's been rough. And I'm telling you what God wants to do is he's opened his doors and he's opened his heart. The hospitality of heaven said, I want to invite you in. I want to invite you into a safe place, to a home where you're cared for, where you're provided for, where you're forgiven and set free. Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes? If you're here in church today, and if you were honest, you just know you're far from God. Who knows? You might even have a mom that's been praying for you. But today, God wants to invite you to the family. The ultimate act of hospitality. This house is perfect. And my son made an exchange. And because he was perfect, that gets inferred upon you. His goodness, his love, and his grace. And now you won't be working for love, you'll be working from love. If that's you, and you know that God's not fully in your life. You know that he's not the Lord of your life. And just with every head bowed and eyes closed, you want to today say, okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm accepting the invitation. I'm coming into your family and I want to settle this. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you real quick, put your hand in the air. Once I've seen it, you can put it down, but I just want to know who I'm including in this prayer. Go ahead. Put your, thank you. I see your hand. Once I've seen it, you can put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you, God. Awesome. I feel like I'm wrestling for one more person. I'm just waiting for a minute. I, you know God's calling you, but you're afraid. You're afraid. Uh, I, I don't feel like this worked or you feel like you can't get a second chance, but God would say, no, I want to give you as many chances as it takes because that's who I am. If that's you, just go ahead. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I want you all to stand to your feet. If you raised your hand, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer real quick. But right here is the amazing Amy Marks, and she's got a gift for you, a Bible, which I was preaching out of today, and also a book called Following Jesus, which just helps you walk out these next steps. But church, let's all pray this out loud together. And if you raised your hand or you should have raised your hand, pray this from your heart. And God's going to step in. It's that simple. It says, if you believe in your heart that he died for your sins and rose from the dead, that you're saved. You're saved. And now he's going to start to work in you and through you and fulfill everything that he had planned for you. So pray this out loud. Dear Jesus, this morning, I surrender to your love. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean this morning. I believe that you went to that cross for me and that you died on that cross to forgive me of my sins. 
and that you rose from the dead to give me life and life everlasting. Thank you for what you've done. Today I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Amen. Come on. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.